Welcome to the Create with Katrina Julia show, my Fit Life Creation, where we talk all the themes on wellness, faith, marketing, business, and travel to create a life and business you love. I've been there, friend. I've walked from fear to faith, self-hate to love, corporate to calling, and bondage to freedom along with transformation in every area of my life. I'm right here with you, walking along on my own path to creating. So tune in so that you learn how to create a life and business you love, hands-on. Let's create it. Welcome to a faith series on the book of Ruth. So although I had read the book of Ruth years ago, in 2013, it really started to revolutionize my life in so many ways. And it continues to minister to me, you guys, in so many different ways. So as I was reflecting on different things, you know, right now in October, 2021, I felt led and compelled to break down and share some of the things on a chapter by chapter basis with Ruth and what it's done for my life, not just from a love perspective at all, from an aspect of planting, of patience, of harvesting, and the vision being much more than what you could ever, ever imagine. So in this video, I'm going to dive in first into chapter one of Ruth, okay? And feel free to comment, you guys. Feel free to gain any insights or things that, you know, it's meant to you or insights from the video or whatever the case is, okay? So just to give you a setting, the, the author per se is unknown. The audience is the people of Israel. The date is thought to be around 1000 BC. And the story is set sometime during the time of Judges when Israel and Moab were at peace. And it's an ancient story that follows, you know, a journey of one Jewish family's struggle for survival, okay? And escaping famine, and Elimelech traveled to Moab with his wife, Naomi, and two sons. So there was also a practical reason there, okay? But 10 years later, so time has passed, we find that Naomi is in mourning at the loss of not only her husband that has passed away, okay, but her sons. So she's not at all, the, you know, the same woman that left. And like many of us, life has, you know, in a sense, beat her up. We live in a fallen world. And she's left alone in a foreign land with two Moabite daughters-in-law. And at at the time, it seems like no hope of future happiness or maybe that she's she's reached rock bottom. But oftentimes, I don't know about you, friend, but I found in the times that I reach rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go but up, to look up, to be up, to see up, right? And she's a woman who's forgotten her dream, but God had not forgotten her. Just like sometimes we may feel like things are hard or we're walking through things or we feel like maybe God's forgotten us. But in reality, it's, you know, it's, it's the saying that sometimes the worst setbacks 
can be the biggest blessing for, you know, revival, for a comeback. And I've definitely found that to be true in my life over and over and over. And through an unlikely chain of events, God restored her joy through her foreign daughter-in-law and a kind, wealthy relative. And so, so that's the scene. That's the setting that we're playing, that, that you know, we're walking into with Ruth so that you're clear. And so in chapter one, Naomi and Ruth, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah, and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. So, so you can see there where so much has happened in a 10 year span. And I think back to the last 10 years of my life from 2011 till now, and so many things have happened. You know, when I, when I think back, I had come to Atlanta in 2010. In that year, I started getting closer and closer and closer to God. And that was one of my prayers moving to Atlanta. I decided to give up purity before marriage in 2010. Never would have imagined you guys still walking in purity, still waiting on God, on the timing of my husband 10 years later. Okay. So, so that, and I don't know what you're walking through, but I'm letting you know that a lot of my journey has not been easy at all. Also, I was working in corporate America at the time as a chief audit executive, picture this girl wearing black suits, sitting, you know, being the only woman sitting in a boardroom with men considerably older, right? And now, you know, traveling the world, leading a lifestyle brand, a lot of things being far beyond the expectations of what I thought, but a lot of things not yet realized and sometimes feeling forgotten, not being in the financial state of financial freedom yet, experiencing freedom in so many forms now, expression, time, community, location, but in a practical sense of things that, that I once found my worth in, being the polar opposite and really testing me on the aspect of being priceless. So, so you know, oh, also a best friend of mine, Janelle, passing away in 2013. And, you know, releasing so many things as far as possessions and different things. So different things dying. You know, in Naomi's case, her husband died. Her sons died. Life was not at all what she had thought, right? So maybe that's your story. Maybe people have literally died or like how Janelle died in my life and our life, you know, as far as me and other close friends. Also other things dying or friendships dying or releasing, right? And just simply it not being easy. And one of the things I often say is, well, I can stay in the pain 
or I can choose to see how to turn the pain to purpose, okay? So just some thoughts and reflections there. And then when she heard, so this is Naomi, in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them. So she received some information, okay? Naomi and her daughters-in-law, so both of them initially, prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. So she received information and she started to take action, okay? In faith, doesn't really tell you like what's happening there, what's her mindset. There's just like reflections of what's happening. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. So she's releasing them. She's telling them to go. So she's not holding on. So that's another thing that I find that shows me a lot in Naomi's character. She may be walking through whatever she's walking through, but she's not acting like a drowning victim that she's trying to pull down people with her, right? So to me, there's so many gems of wisdom that even when I'm walking through things, it's like, God, please help me to not be a drowning victim. Help me to be a light. Help me to be a blessing, right? And she blesses them. You know, may the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kisses them and they wept aloud and they said to her, we will go back with you to your people. So at that point, both Ruth and Orpah are on one accord, right? But Naomi insists at that point, she's being persistent. And she says, return home, my daughters. Why would you come to me? Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons who would become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it's more bitter for me than you because the Lord's hand has gone out for me. So there's so much there, you guys, and how many times are we this Naomi, okay? So she says, she pleads with them to go home, and then why would you come with me? Why would you follow me, right? And, and she's thinking, like many of us think, that there's one way out of the pain. There's one way out of the mess. But no, there's there's more. There's always more. And she says, you know, her way, she's thinking, you know, I'm too old, limitation, right? Lack thinking. Not really thinking about the limitless possibilities and how amazing and how infinite God is, okay? And then she says, even if I had another husband, so she has a glimpse there maybe of mustard seed faith. Even if she gave, she says, even if I gave birth, would you wait? So then it's, it's what we do sometimes too, is we make the decision of other people for them instead of letting them have the freedom to decide, okay? No, and she says it's more bitter. And she proclaims at that point, because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. And how many times is it easy to point to things and be bitter and think it's one reality when really it's not? It's like, how is this happening for me? Or how can I bless people with this knowledge or this insight, okay? And at this, they wept again. And get this, you guys, this is pivotal. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. 
So this is the point where a lot of times I ask and I pray to God, I'm like, help me to be Ruth. Help me to cling to your word. Help me to cling to your promises. Because so many times, you guys, in the past, I would cling to the external. I would cling to what I saw. I would cling to the practical. And I would discount maybe what was happening in seed form in the unseen where maybe he was testing my faith, right? Then Naomi says, look, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. So she's urging Ruth again. But then I wonder here a lot of times, is this really like the mouth of God testing how strong and firm Ruth's faith is? And how many times are we tested like this to really take, you know, the road less traveled, right? To take the leap of faith, to walk out into the unknown, to walk on water, to walk in the deep, to really up level our faith. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Guys, I know a lot of times that verse or that phrase, you know, is used in weddings and different things, but to me, the way I see it now is a woman standing firm in her faith. A woman that has been tested, a woman that her husband died, a woman that's now going into a new land, a woman that has, has now chosen a different God and is standing bold in her faith, no matter what the circumstances look like. That it doesn't matter that the woman that's even leading her is telling her to leave. She's like, no, I'm going where you're going. And this is something that the Lord has dealt with me. And, and I'm walking forward with you in faith, period. So, so one of my prayers often is, is, you know, God, let me have this bold, audacious, full and firm faith. No matter what anyone says around me, no matter if it's the people that I love the most, when Naomi realized, so there was something in Ruth's tone, there was something in her countenance, there was something in her spirit that clearly let Naomi know at that point, because she didn't stop before then, stop. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So this is another word in itself, you guys. When we speak firmly, and I'm reminded of the verse Proverbs 18:21, that the power of life and death is in the tongue and those who love it will bear fruit. When you speak with a certain boldness and firmness and unyielding and unwavering faith, people know, people know like back, back 50 feet. And so a lot of times I feel like what this verse also does for me is I feel like the Holy Spirit will tell me like, are you being firm in your faith? Whether it's about your purity, whether it's about not drinking alcohol, whether it's not eating sweets and not apologizing and being unwavering, no matter what someone else's discomfort is around you, okay? 
So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women explained, can this be Naomi? So there's obviously a history there. There's a lot of things we don't know. There's so many things. I feel like the Bible's so rich. It's a love story of the redemption of humanity, of the beauty of love, of what it looks like for God to continuously leave the 99 for the one. And yet there's so much that's unseen and unknown. Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara. And the notes in the Bible says Mara means bitter, if you didn't know that. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me, or has testified, is what the notes say. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Roab the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning, which is also very key. That harvest is beginning at that time. So, so much there too, you guys, that she went away full, but she's, her perception is that the Lord has brought her back empty. But has he really? Because maybe the very things that we were once attached to is what we need to release to walk in our full destiny. And also chapter one is closing that she's accompanied by Ruth, the Moabitess. So it's a woman from a different land. That's also confounding the wise and that the harvest is beginning. So, so much richness, so much power. And I really believe, you know, the story of Ruth back in 2013, I was also read to, I was also led to reading a book about the book of Ruth. And it talked about so vividly the planting, the sowing, the reaping, and the harvest. And isn't so many things in life like that. And we want the harvest and we haven't planted or we barely planted and we want to pull the plant up, right? And in that book, it also talked about that Boaz, which we're going to get to in chapter two, if you've never listened to this or heard anything about the story of the book of Ruth, is the earthly redeemer. He is the example of Jesus on earth, almost like a premonition in this book, you know, in Ruth, approximately 1000 BC. And Ruth is his blessing. And I remember when I was reading that book and realizing the full ramifications of this story, and the interweaving and the shadowing and what the lineage of Ruth and Boaz was going to become, you know, in, in the lineage of Christ. I remember weeping that ultimately my earthly husband is my earthly redeemer, but I'm also a blessing and not just to him, but to others or when we choose to be that. So comment down below in the next segment, I'm gonna dive deeper into chapter two, which introduces Boaz, introduces what Ruth is doing once they get to Bethlehem and what happens in chapter two when Ruth meets Boaz. So comment down below, subscribe, 
Let me know if you want to hear on other stories that have touched me like Esther or others. And I hope this encourages you. I hope this fulfills you. My prayer is that you would remember that you are fearfully and wonderfully made and that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. So stay tuned for chapter two in Ruth. chats on faith, wellness, money, marketing, business, and travel so you create a life and business haven't already, head on over to the blog, the podcast, and the freebies to jumpstart your transformation. If you're ready to dive into the online courses, the live events, or the retreat, and if you want to create with our community on an even deeper level, definitely check out our internships, our influencer collaborations, management, and brand engagement. Let's create it.